Now, do you have a fear that you have only developed in adult life? Were you once able to tackle heights, spiders or the pool without hesitation? Only now you panic at the thought of it. Well, you're not alone. And psychotherapist Judy Maloney is with us this morning. Good morning to you, Judy. How are you? Good morning, Julian. I'm good, thank you. We also have our own, um, I suppose, guinea pig, Sarah (laughs) Coleman, Live 95 Sarah. Um, Because, Sarah, you're a victim of this yourself. Tell us all about it. Um, I am, yes. So I don't. And to be honest, I when I picked up the phone to answer the call for Megan there, I, t- I thought, why have I accepted to do this? But it's good to do it. Um, so yeah, I suppose I have a fear of water and swimming. And I never usually, I never had that fear for many years. And I kind of been maybe the past eight years, I've had a fear of it. So I you know, and I learned how to swim when I was younger. And I was an average enough swimmer, never any problems. So um, I was okay. There was no existing issue. And then years years later, I was on a school trip. We went to Galway, actually. And I was about 16, 17. And we went canoeing. And my friend at the time thought it was fun. You know, it wasn't any malice to tip me over while I in the canoe. And she'd gotten out of the canoe and she was in the water. And she uh, she, she thought it would be funny to tip me over. Now, my head was turned. So I was talking to somebody so I didn't. And as I said, I know how to swim. I have I learned how to swim as a kid and I was a fairly okay swimmer. So I don't know what happened to me, but when I went into the water, I just panicked. And it was almost like I forgot how to swim almost. So yeah, so then I kind of got a bit of a fright and I wasn't in the water for very long. But I remember when I came back up again and at this stage everyone was like, Are you okay? And I said, I'm I'm fine, you know, and it was I was okay, a little bit shaken, but you know, I was I wasn't too bad and um, that, I know, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I've done that canoe thing and, you know, I know it's part of the safety training, you know, learning to turn the canoe around and you go under water and it's a bit scary. But for it to happen and you not expect it to happen, I, I assume your body would react in exactly the same way as if, you know, your canoe had tipped over a waterfall. You, you know, it goes into shock and fear. Yeah, I think that's probably what probably happened because I had my head turned, I was talking to somebody and I had dipped my feet in the water but I hadn't been in yet to have a swim or anything and I was still kind of it was very leisurely and very relaxing so I really wasn't expecting it at all and then kind of tipped over and then I just remember being underwater and not and being kind of almost brain freeze almost I did not know what to do and then when I came back up then I said it was just like I forgot how to swim and I think probably it was just a sudden change between you know going from you know it was a fairly nice day and then going into the cold water and everything like that so yeah and I haven't I haven't been underwater since and it's been eight years so wow and like do you avoid going for a swim then can you even swim with your head above water on the beach on a hot day um I can like I was in Kilkee only uh last week with good weather and I can go in maybe as as far as my knees or whatever I don't have any issue with water in terms of, you know, my body being in water, it's just being underwater, like, you know, having my head underwater and this kind of thing of not being able to breathe or not knowing what to do. But if my head's above water, I'm fine because I feel I have an element of, of control almost. Um, but it's just when I'm, just if I'm underwater and I haven't dipped my head underwater since then, even I've, even I think okay. baths and stuff like that can be, I can I can get a bit panicky, yeah. Why? Wow. Um, well, 
certainly understandable. Judy, what mm. do you think of that? It it does sound like that incident has had a lasting impact on Sarah. Oh God, yeah. And you know, like you're right, Gillian, I really I feel for you, Sarah, like that I think anyone in that position that would have happened to her, I don't think it matters really when it comes down to it. You know, with what happened to you, I know you said you you learned to swim, you were, you know, constantly into the water. That all goes out the window when you get, you know, when something like that happens completely unexpectedly. Like you were turned the other way in another world completely, so you weren't expecting it. So it's it's almost like that fight or flight happened and you just froze. Like you said, it's like you kind of forgot how to swim. And you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, now you can swim to some degree once your head is above water because you, you can feel like you have some sort of control. I think that's what happened to your body for that split second when you were under the water. It wasn't in your control at all. You went from everything fine, the world is okay, to, oh my God, I'm going to die. Do you know, that kind of split second because you weren't expecting it, you didn't see it coming. But that is enough, like one incident like that, that probably, you know, I'm sure it wasn't life-threatening. From the outside looking in, you know, there was people around. It wasn't that dangerous, I'd say. But to your body, you know, your body would have perceived that as a major threat, that it was life or death. So from there on, I mean, it can... It can completely, I suppose, now you have that fear of going underwater, even though you're, you would be competent to swim. Your body won't let you at the moment. That's what's happening because the fear is too great. So I, it's completely understandable. That's all I'll say to you, Sarah. I mean, I just, I do feel for you because I think if that happened to anyone, you know, you could, you'd have the similar, uh, similar experience. But in saying that, it's something you could definitely change and work on if you want it. You know, we can develop fears like this. Um, you just need to, again, if you do want to go back to being confident in the water and not so fearful, it's something you're just going to have to put a little bit of time and energy into. So it is possible, but it's completely understandable. So let's speak to you, Sarah. J- Judy, we often hear that in circumstances like what Sarah um, went through, that the best solution is to get back on the horse. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And... But yet, you know, maybe there isn't the opportunity to go straight into, you know, water when you're still coping with the fear of it. So does it make sense, that back on the horse idea? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, But it's not black and white, like everything, Julian. It's not black and white. It's not like just go, you know, get your head under the water now straight away, you know, because you don't want to re-traumatise yourself. So it's not that straightforward. If you are feeling like, yeah, okay, I could do this again, then, then go for it. But if the fear right now, you're talking about eight years later, I don't think it's a case of just dive into the pool there and you'll be fine. You know, I think you need a little bit of assurance, reassurance. That's why, you know, if you go to the therapist or something, a couple of sessions I'm talking about, this isn't long-term work either. It's literally, you're talking about rewiring your brain, getting a different perspective on it again, because you were able to swim. Therefore, you still are able to swim. You just need a little bit of, you know, coaching, a little bit bit of confidence. You could do it with somebody you know, with a close friend, somebody you really trust, and just take steps slowly to go back. But I, yeah, there is no way around it. It's like any fear we develop. You can't just, I suppose, be afraid of something and not do it, and then the fear goes away. That doesn't happen. That's just avoidance. Mm. You know, and we do that all the time, and that's fine for some instances. But like as adults, we are afraid a lot of the time. You know, for a lot of the time, we are scared of stuff, but we do it anyway. You know, Sarah, do you feel you're missing out because of this fear? I never know what the cause it was until I was in Kilkees last week. 
and I know it wouldn't take much of the water even when I was at the beach and you know years afterwards and you know on holidays by the swimming pool and I dip my feet in and I never really felt like I was missing out but I'm not entirely sure why but when I was at Kilkee last week and um, my friend was going in for a swim and I could see people out on their boats and swimming and, and they were all having a great time. I did kind of cross my mind. I was like, God, it's roasting. Wouldn't it be lovely to go into the mm. into the water and cool myself down? And then I thought, oh, yeah, no, I can't. Well, in my, you know, I'm, I'm not able to or I don't want to or I have fear, you know. So then I was like, mm, maybe, maybe I am missing out kind of, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think it is. It is this kind of thing. Like, I mean, I, I know the only way to get over something is to is to do it and to literally dive in, um, and just do it. But that's that's easier said than done. But um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it. Judy, these mm-hmm. fears that are people develop in adult life that they may not have had as a child are are they always linked to a particular incident? They usually are, Julian. But to be fair, you may not ever know that. You may not ever connect to what the incident was. You know, um, but generally speaking, yeah, there will be a core um, reason for it. But nonetheless, sometimes, like anything, sometimes we might have a fear or phobia and we might not know where it came from. That doesn't mean you can't work with it. You don't have to know the reason. And I think, you know, we have this idea that children are scared of things, they're scared of spiders, they're scared of whatever. And, and you, as you're an adult, you grow out of those fears. Well, that's not always the case because like that, you could be fearless as a child and become more fearful as an adult, and I think that's as well as part of it's part of evolution. We become safer as we're adults. I know I was definitely wilder, more reckless with certain things when I was younger. You know, I had less fear around my own safety. Oh, listen, but when I, I look back on some of the stuff that I did yeah. when I was younger, I, oh, I get scared myself. I said, how did I, why yeah. did I, you know. That's it. You wouldn't do it in a fit now. It's mm. like this cautiousness comes over you. So, you know, there is an element of that, but I think that, you know, if it's a gradual thing, it's different. But like Sarah, you know, if you have something that's kind of, it's a sudden phobia or fear, that can be worked on. But the main thing is just acknowledging it. Acknowledging, yeah, I have fear of water now, or I have a fear of height. Because a lot of the time we don't like to admit our fears. We don't like to we pretend, oh, no, it's fine, I don't mind. But just acknowledge there's an issue. And then you decide whether you want to work on it or not. There's nothing wrong with having a fear or phobia. And if you don't want to, you know, if you're afraid of going on a plane, but you have no intention of ever going on a plane and your life is full and rich here, well, then why would you even go there? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's only if it's impacting on your life. I, yeah. I remember our producer of this show, she's on annual leave at the moment, Amory Garrity, famously had an absolute extreme phobia for moths. Now, she's no yeah. problem with uh, other insects, spiders, butterflies were fine. She's no idea why, but moths terrified mm. her. And she actually cured that through hypnotherapy. Yes. But not everybody's a fan of hypnotherapy and it doesn't work for everybody either. You have to be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the the right type of patient for hypnotherapy. So what sort of strategies are, are used uh, for to deal with these kind of fears if you if you don't want to go the hypnosis route? Yeah, hypnosis is good. As you said, it's not effective on everybody, just like anything isn't. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I'd be looking at it from the therapeutic point of view, just to... I suppose you can, if it's a deep, a very, very deep fear, one that's kind of a bit more general than we'll say, you know, not a specific mass or whatever, you can look into your fears, how you deal with those in general, how they kind of weave through other areas of your life. If it's specific, like a moth or something, you'd be looking at 
you know, I suppose that kind of rewiring, that, that, that almost the CBT, the cognitive behavioural therapy around it, looking at the logistics, the practicality, what can this moth do to me? Look at the size of it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, if you and a, a, and a moth are alone in a room, what is the worst thing that can happen? Can it kill you? Can, you know, you kind of go through all of that, the practical steps. And then you'll be t- talking about exposure therapy, which is like that, getting back on the horse. It's like you push yourself, you push your limits, you know, in terms of your exposure to it. And then there's a lot, you know, just grounding technique, breathing, deep breath, grounding yourself, you know, not getting up in your head with the panic. If you feel fear, feel it. It's so important to feel it. What happens is when we start to panic or become anxious, the panic takes over and we start to fear the fear, which leads to panic, which leads to panic attacks. And we completely feed into it. Whereas if you just surrender, now I know it's easy said, and this is not something like you just do it, go on out and do it and you'll be fine. But that's something, again, if you, a couple of sessions with the therapist, you can learn how to surrender to fear and panic so that it actually lessens. And then you learn to control it rather than it controlling you. So there's loads of different techniques, again, depending on how much it impacts your life, really. Yeah, and Sarah, that's something you've said, that it wasn't something that you really felt you were missing out on until that one weekend. And look, the temperatures were in the 30s at that time. Uh, If the temperatures don't return to that height, do you think you'll manage without uh, being able to get in the water? I probably would, but then I think about going on holidays and I think about, I don't know, just having the option and I'm too stubborn. So once I I have this in my head now that I I have a fear of it, so I kind of want to look at it. But I think if I, if I, if I say, if I say to myself, no, I'll, I'll leave it. There'll be a niggling part of my brain that will say, no, you should, you should look at that, you know, even if. It's just I'll I'll go in the pool when I'm on holiday in Spain when we can all you know next time we're all on holidays again you know uh, I want to have that option so no, I think I'm too stubborn not to not to look at it. Yeah, well, I know you're a determined woman, Sarah, so no better woman to be able to overcome it if that's what you want to do. But thanks for sharing your story with us on Limerick today this morning, and our thanks also to Limerick psychotherapist Judy Maloney.